Hey, it's the Rye Man coming to you, the Broncos Country Blitz, and I am joined by Adam with Cromwell Sports. Say hi, Adam. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me back, Ryan. It's good to be here. Of course, of course. Well, we have to come back for another big occurrence here in the Broncos offseason. And obviously, this weekend was the 2021 NFL Draft and George Patton's first NFL Draft as GM. And I think everyone's a little interested, I guess is one way I'll put it, or or all have very different opinions of how this draft went. And what were your initial impressions? You know, I figured they were probably going to go for a quarterback, but with Bridgewater being signed, you know, just a few days beforehand, it's like, oh, this will be fun. Um, I like it so far. I like everything that I've seen. Yeah, I like Patton's vibe. I think he's got a good pulse on the team. And by him, basically, I've gone to this realization after they didn't draft a quarterback because, okay, they brought Teddy Bridgewater in, and, and we can talk about that here in a little bit. But maybe everything he's saying about Drew Locke is correct. Drew Locke's out to prove something this year. Drew Locke has become this guy that's unfazed by anything. And he has repeated himself multiple times. And here we are. No quarterback in the draft. And and I'm and so every post-round press conference they did for day one, day two, day three, of course they asked him about the quarterback situation each time, and he was consistent. And I just kind of realized after, not even today, but yesterday, it like, okay, maybe we should be taking Patton at face value. Drew Locke is not Patton's guy. He was Elway's guy. Patton has no reason to stay connected to him. So he must see something. You know, with the work that Drew Locke is supposedly putting in in the offseason, absolutely there might be something there. We can only hope. This is definitely a must-win situation for Locke. If he does not do well this season, I think he's done and potentially out of the NFL even at this point. Yeah. Well, and honestly, there are a few quarterbacks I liked in this year's draft. I, we knew we weren't going to get Trevor Lawrence. He's going to the Jags. We knew we weren't getting Wilson. He was going to the Jets. I liked both of them. The only other quarterback I liked was Trey Lance. And when he went number three of the 49ers, I actually I, I turned the page and went, I hope we don't draft a quarterback. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one. Uh, after those three were gone, it didn't really seem like – uh, I mean, there was some talent there at the quarterback position, but also a gamble. You know, the, the drafts that they got, they played it safe. Yeah. I like that. Um, you know, Pat Sertan at, uh, at the nine spot. I mean, just a really good player. And I think he's going to be an impact player right off the bat. Well, yeah. And he's got, he's got the football in the blood. Yes, I mean, he does. His dad was a great player for many years in the NFL. So I, I always like those football family picks. They, they always I- seem to turn out well. I agree with you. Uh, you know, just the mentorship to show a young man how to act when you make all that money, how to carry yourself as a professional and uh, doing the simple things like, hey, I'm a three time pro bowler. Um, I can tell you how to do this footwork when you're 11, 12 years old. You know, that's why he's a five star recruit right there is because it's in his blood. He's got some good coaching and some good mentorship. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and going back to what we said. Some people were high on Justin Fields and a few other quarterbacks. I was not high on Justin Fields. I mean, name the last Ohio State quarterback that that came in and really lit things up. I mean, I I can't I can't really name the last one. I mean, the last one that obviously comes to mind is Dwayne Haskins, and 
He's a backup in Pittsburgh right now that might not even be in the league in a couple of years. And then I look at Mac Jones, and I said this from day one. Mac Jones is a sideways pick. Like, you pick Mac Jones, guess who you have on the, your roster that people can compare to Mac Jones? Drew Locke. So <laughs> why would you go pick Mac Jones? Yeah, so, so I even heard the rumblings for Mac Jones, and I'm like, no. No, yeah, that's that's just a sideways pick. At that point, you're reaching just to hope he develops faster than the guy you have. Correct. And is that going to happen? Probably not. I mean, with the quarterback carousel going on in Denver here for the last couple of years, uh, we keep taking these chances on guys to develop, hoping that they work out, hoping they work out. And next thing you know, we have Paxton Lynch. Yep, exactly, exactly. Oh man. Yeah. And, and, and obviously, you know, you kind of have to keep going until you find that to find that franchise guy, especially in the AFC West where Derek Carr is pretty decent. Uh, you know, obviously we have to worry about Mahomes. chargers brought in their guy last year in the draft and he looks pretty, pretty legit. And, and you're going to need a top quality quarterback if you want to compete for any playoff spot. And, and unfortunately, it's the reality of the situation. So, you know, we have to keep kind of going the best direction we can until we have that whoever that franchise guy is. And maybe it, maybe with Patton's comments, it will be Locke. And now, now we're going to see. And I find it interesting because our last – when we got together last and we went over the season review, you and I both said the same thing. Locke is most likely going to be our starter, and here we are. Yep, and I still think that's the case. Even though Bridgewater might be able to battle – Still think Locke's probably the guy, yeah. uh, unless we pull off the miracle in the offseason and somehow manage to get Aaron Rodgers, which is the latest <laughs> rumbling. Oh yeah, I mean, I was I was watching I was watching the the wire like a hawk to see if it was actually going to be pulled off, and and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie to you, Adam. If we would have if we would have nailed Aaron Rodgers and brought him into Denver, I w- I would have done a little premature podcast. I, I would I wouldn't have been able to hold back. I would have had to just run and go grab the microphone and be like, dude, I gotta I gotta get on right now. Because that that would have been amazing. And you're right, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. According to a lot of people, the Broncos are gonna try to sh- kick those tires again in June. So May as well. What do we have to lose at this point? Right. And and there's there's a difference between okay, Locke might be the guy. There's a difference between that and, okay, you can bring in Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. doing the whole Peyton Manning thing all over again, getting a good four, four, four-plus years out of him, and here you go. You got your, you've got your franchise guy, and you've got enough pieces in place. You're likely going to that, – that is automatic playoffs possibly further. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. Rodgers is that guy who can take a team to the playoffs. He's demonstrated it in Green Bay. He'll do it wherever he lands this time or take Green Bay right back into the playoffs and be one of those top contenders again. Yep. Now, while we still have to keep keep dreaming about the Aaron Rodgers situation, let's get back to the draft. And since we didn't take quarterback, there's that Rodgers thing still heading out there. We brought in Bridgewater. We didn't draft a quarterback. But with this draft class, what I thought was really interesting is, like you said, I like the first-round pick. I like the second-round pick. The second they picked Javante Williams out of North Carolina. I went, oh, he, that's what he had in mind all along. They traded up to get him. 
And I just thought to myself, that's what Patton had in mind all along when he decided to go ahead and say goodbye to Philip Lindsay. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that one. Philip Lindsay, you know, he was an exciting player to watch, had an amazing story, especially for Colorado. You know, we love our homegrown players. Uh, he, he did a, a relatively good job while he was with Denver. Um, unfortunately, I didn't like to see the way that they parted with him. You know, I feel like that was probably a mistake as far as uh, leaving on bad terms. And we'll see how Williams steps in to fill the role. I mean, he's probably going to be, what, a third down back guy, maybe a goal line guy, a uh, big, powerful, strong runner. Not – well, did not play for a team that I – consider a real football school in college. So I'm curious to see how his power game and his playing in general is going to translate to the NFL. Yeah. Well, and to your point, they asked Patton about it. He, that he considers him every down back is what he said in his, in, in the presser after they drafted him. And so apparently, apparently, you know, like you said, you don't, you don't see much there. You don't see much at the school he came from. And but apparently Patton sees something, and and to to kind of the point, this isn't John Elway's team anymore. Elway's not the GM, so now we got a new guy, new point of view, and we're going to see how this works out. Um, you know, I I noticed the draft was very heavy on defense. There there was only one offensive lineman taken. Um, and and one thing I'll mention is is you know I, I'm going to allow Patton to play out his his whole off season. Let's see what he does to get the, the situation turned around. Um, my uncle who we will identify is Bronco man. He, he was texting me during the entire draft. Let's just say, let's just say he was not, he, he was not enjoying the draft. Maybe that's not quite the way to put it. He was less than satisfied. He, he was less than satisfied, but he even said the same thing. He goes, well, I have to give, Patton a chance to show that he can do what we brought him in to do. And that's very true. I mean, I look at the draft we had today and they, they say all the early picks that they got were the ones they wanted. And the latter picks had a lot to do with special teams and they followed their board because when they got two safeties in the fifth round, I went, Oh boy, like, okay, what, what's that all about? But then when they kind of mentioned something this evening, they said, well, part of that is we stuck to our board, which I don't know if they always did that under Elway. They always said they did that under Elway, but there was never that repeat. You never really saw that. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that one also. we got to see what the plan is in order to uh, really evaluate what's going on. My thought is uh, he's he's looking to build that D. You know, he's looking to get that no-fly zone back in there against guys like Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, and it's also very interesting to me. Like, I understand defense wins championships, right? Yeah. Uh, however, if you can't score, you can't win games. True. So I'm also – I would have been very excited with a high-powered quarterback who's going to get out there and just toss that ball. I mean – with Mahomes in our conference for the next however long, that could be, you know, a drought for us going in there as conference champions at the very least. And it's it's risky to go in on, on an unproven rookie. Yeah. And I still think it's necessary to find somebody 
who is that high energy guy who's going to make the impact right away and be able to toss that ball. Uh, but defense also great choice. If you can't get the guy that you want at the quarterback position, then why not give him some help in the defense and, and just really go after those guys and make that as, uh, as, as stout as you can. True. Well, and like, like we talked about earlier, not only Mahomes, and then, you know, depending on what your opinion is on Carr, and like I mentioned, the Chargers getting their guy, Justin Herbert, last year. I mean, if, if you don't think you have your guy quarterback or you're still working through that, then, yeah, you better build up the defense as much as possible. And really with a lot of the picks today, a lot of a defense, yeah, part of it, they followed the board. But I do look at this and go, okay, you got a lot of secondary players. Well, you have players on a one-year deal right now, Kareem Jackson, Mm-hmm. Fuller is also on a one-year deal. So it makes – I mean, Sertain easily made sense. And then getting a few other secondary players made sense as well in the later rounds just from the standpoint of you're probably not re-signing a lot of these people that you have on the one-year deal or two-year deals once once it's up. I mean, so you better build up that secondary now. and You better have enough people to plug in there. Agreed with you on that one. Uh, Jamar Johnson – Coaster or uh, Caden Stearns, they might be, they might be the steal in two years when all those uh, one-year guys are gone. We might be looking at them saying, "Wow, what a class! This is the future." True, true. Well, and the other thing I was happy they went after too is Baron Browning in the third round out of Ohio State, the inside linebacker. I mean, can play inside or outside. That's really what I was waiting for. Now, I mean, we have Alexander Johnson. I was waiting for another inside linebacker, someone that maybe they can bring in, kind of finally solve the issue of being able to cover tight ends because as great as, as, great as Alexander Johnson's been, uh, the one problem he's had is, is we have not fixed. We have not fixed that issue of being able to cover the tight ends. And, and hopefully bringing him in will we'll be that final piece in our 3-4 defense in the linebacking core where we can have some of the other pieces of the Fangio scheme that that basically was missing. Even as good as our defense has been since Fangio's gotten here, I mean that is something that's been missing. And hopefully that's going to be the piece that the the thing we can plug in that's going to solve that problem finally. I think he's the wild card. He's probably yeah. the one that I'm most excited to watch as a new Bronco. Uh, another I mean this guy Another one, uh, dad played at TCU, brother played over at Stanford. I mean, he's got the athletic football gene in his body there. Uh, the only knock that I can see is sometimes he softens up a little bit when he's going to make those tackles. So I'm kind of curious to see if he has that real killer instinct that you need to be in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Although if he was standing here right next to you or I, I doubt you'd call him soft. Oh, no, definitely didn't say he's soft. <laughs> no, he's he's not soft. I just think um, sometimes he, he eases up a little bit when he's going to make that contact. Gotcha, gotcha. And this is – I am I am not an Ohio State guy. Really dislike uh, Ohio yeah, neither State. Am I. Neither am I. Um, as far as, you know, don't want to watch him, don't want to support him, don't want to give him that airtime. You know, they're consistently good. And that drives me absolutely crazy because they're not my team. Uh, so I don't know a ton about him is, is my point there. Uh, but I am excited to see him come over to this Broncos team 
He yes. absolutely could be that missing piece. He's the wild card to me. Either yeah. he's going to fit in and things are going to go great and we are going to praise Ohio State for letting us have him or he's going to be a bust. Yeah. I don't really see an in-between with him. It's it's one or the other. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is history's on our side. As bad as Ohio State's at, at producing quarterbacks that make it in the NFL, they're usually pretty good with defensive players or key key playmakers. So so hopefully it's going to be, you know, the gem and not the bust. Absolutely. He's going to be the guy that I either love to hate or the guy that I love. Well, we, and we went and got we went and got his teammate in the seventh round. Went and got the other line. Went and got Cooper, the other linebacker out of Ohio State, which is a very cool play. I think yes. the chemistry from these guys coming in is gonna be right there, and hopefully they can help keep the locker room nice and stable. Yeah, yeah. Now the other thing I find interesting. Well, let's go back to it. Is a lot of people weren't happy we didn't take a bunch of offensive linemen and everything. So obviously I watched the post-draft presser uh, with Fangio and Patton, and at least they held true to their board. Patton, Patton fessed up, and he basically said, hey, we had offensive linemen in mind, and we're going to sign some free agents, and we're going to continue to look and improve what we can on the offensive line. And, I mean, part of that's obviously our offensive line underperformed last year other than Bowles, who, of course, you know, definitely became finally the guy that we always thought he would be. But to Patton's credit, he said, you know what? We had people picked out. They didn't fall to us. We stuck to our board. We didn't go reach and and grab someone we weren't sure about or someone that we didn't feel good about. And that makes me feel good. That makes me feel good about getting this whole basically losing – scenario after super bowl 50 every season it makes me feel good about getting it turned around like okay we are going to stick to the program we are putting in place and if that means that we don't get someone in the draft that our position that we really need we're going to find another way to fill it because we're going to stick to our board and the players we feel passionate about yeah i like the idea of fully evaluating the players Mm -hmm. and then giving them the opportunity to shine if you don't get your guy you know, no need to freak out. Like you said, there are other ways to get someone who can fill that role. And mm. I think it's really a, a good idea. You know, a lot of people talk about, nope, you get the best, you get the best player that you can um, at their draft position. Um, you know, yeah. the best player on the board. And while I think that that can be a, a useful strategy in some situations, I like the consistency. I want to see them get the guys that they've evaluated and yep. know already how they plan on using them. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, and the other thing too, is it creates good depth. It creates good competition. And I mean, we, we took four secondary players today. Well, okay. You might go, wow, that's, that's obsessive. Really? Look at our injuries last year. We could have used every single one of those guys last year, <laughs> every single one of them. So you look at it that way and it's like, okay, you may see a glaring hole somewhere else, but, but there are other ways to fill it. There might be a free agent that, you know, like AKA Philip Lindsay type person, except for the offensive line that they had their eye on and said, Hey, guess what? They, they have these couple flaws. They're probably not going to get drafted. Let's go get them after the draft. Yeah. I love it. The, the idea of the undrafted people is pretty amazing. You know, yeah. you don't have to be acquired through the draft, even though it's more exciting. 
Uh, but I mean, every now and then you do get those gems, you know, Lindsay did well for us for a few years. Yes. And the Broncos overall have a great history of an undrafted guy making the roster. That's right. Yeah. I think they're able to foster that drive Mm -hmm. and work out some of those flaws in their system there. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and with Fangio, you know, running the defense, basically, I mean, he, he can take, he can take any, you know, pile of mud and find find the gem or mold them i guess correctly is what i'm trying to say um it, you know if they have if i shouldn't probably say pile of mud but if they have <laughs> if, if if maybe they're maybe they're a little jello they're just not formed enough yet or whatever they're um they're a little gumby and he, and he and he ends up you know completing that mold and getting the player that he needs if anyone can do it for the defensive side of the ball it's fangio yeah let's hope that that uh player needing molding is his old baron yes mm-hmm and and the other thing too. So the other the other pick I wasn't sure about, but Patton said, "Okay, we 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 looked at this really for special teams." Is Seth Williams, wide receiver out of Auburn, big dude, kind of reminds you of Cortland Sutton. And but our wide receiver room is so freaking deep already. I I was I was shocked by the pick just because we have so many wide receivers. But Patton said, you know, special teams had a lot to do with it. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty interesting pick with Williams. Like you said, big boy. Does he quite know how to use his body when he gets down into the red zone? Kind of unproven. Uh, Played for a good school, though. You know, Auburn is consistently consistently up there in the mix. So surely there's something there. Um, I just kind of see that spot as as more of a throwaway pick and – Let's yeah. take a chance on somebody that might be able to come in and do a little bit of good yes. more than uh, this is this is our guy. This is who we wanted. Right. And that's not to take anything away from Seth Williams. I mean, obviously, the guy's going to the NFL. He's a phenomenal athlete, big yeah. boy, probably one heck of a nice guy. Uh, but I don't really see that pick being able to impact the team right away. Exactly. Well, and I think everything from the sixth round down, I mean, all that was based on special teams. Yeah, and that would be pretty amazing. I mean, maybe he's our maybe he's our onside kick recovery guy. There you go. You know, big boy with a good vertical leap, getting in there, hopefully knocking some people around, get up and get that ball on an onside. And if he mm-hmm. makes one good play this upcoming year, just one, he'll be worth it. I mean, so overall, it it was an interesting draft. It was definitely had a different feel to it than when Elway was running it. But I, I like the energy that Patton brings, I, he's pretty darn honest in, in the pressers. And, and I like that too. I'm, I'm not saying he's, he's honest 100% of the time, obviously, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure there's a few more calls to gr- that have been made to green Bay than he's leading on right now. But, you know, he's very honest when people have asked him, did you think of trading up? Did you think of trading back? He, you know, he was, yeah, 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 we did. And yeah, we got this many calls. You know, he even mentioned today that, his, his former team, the Vikings, had called him several times during this draft. And I think that's kind of refreshing to hear that stuff, too. I, I think it's a little more upfront and truthful than what we, were, what we were used to hearing maybe in the last few years. And that's not a bad thing. Everyone kind of keeps things – some people keep things closer to the vest than someone else. But I, I just think it's refreshing. And I think he just brings this confidence to him that he has his pulse on the team. He, he takes time to thank everybody else. And the other thing that Patton's doing is he's showing a lot of the veterans, especially some of the people who resigned, you know, obviously picking up Von Miller's option. 
He's going to take care of the hometown boys. And that can go a long way in the NFL. Absolutely. Yep. And in the words of the great Kenny Rogers, you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. And I yep. think that he's playing his cards pretty well. He's mm-hmm. not giving us too much, yet he's giving us enough to feel comfortable. Yes. Where everybody is saying, okay, what do we got going on? Let's try to figure this guy out. And while there may be that talk to get Aaron Rodgers in or, you know, anybody else in the, in the quarterback position, yes, he's still showing that confidence in the team that's been in place for the last few years. He's saying, hey, let's give these guys a shot. That doesn't mean that he won't surprise us. But honestly, who wouldn't go after that all-star quarterback? Who is right. not trying to get Aaron Rodgers? Right. Maybe right. the Chiefs. Maybe, but they've got their guy, you know, the rest of anybody would be happy to have him. He would be a great addition, mostly anywhere. And to say that we wouldn't go after him is just crazy. Uh, But I also like the loyalty that he is showing, you know, picking up that option on Simmons and picking up everything with Miller. I think that's great. Those are the guys that we want to have in the locker room. And it seems like he's doing everything in his power to make them stay. Yeah, I think he won over a lot of people when he got the Simmons deal done. Because Elway couldn't get it done his last year's GM. Patton comes in. Basically, the pressures go, went from kind of being on Simmons the year prior to being on the Broncos this year to get it done. And we got and he got it done. And, and I think that says a lot to come in as the new GM and go, yeah, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this taken care of. These are the things I'm going to focus on. And, and really, in terms of everything that he said he was going to try to get done, he, he's hit on a lot of it. You know, he's, he's been able to get those things finished. And, and honestly, we'll, we'll probably wrap this up with the quarterback thing again. But I, I just have this feeling that if anyone, if, if, if the Aaron Rodgers thing breaks down and he truly leaves Green Bay, I think just what Patton has shown us, he, he would be able to get that done. It's a very strong possibility that he would. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we'll see how this draft class turns out. You know, I, I think that we got some good players. Obviously, you know, time, time will tell. Um, and I like, like we talked about, they stuck, they stuck to the board for the most part. It's, I find it very interesting. They've been very upfront after they got certain that he was really their guy they were looking at and, and they tried to hide it and every, I mean, obviously they did get a good job because I, you know, I don't know about you, but his name didn't come up on my end at any point before we drafted him. And then, of course, all this stuff came out of all the work and everything they did. So uh, to, to take a look at them and, and obviously, uh, you know, the one thing I did not pick up on is that that Patton was in Miami with his dad. And if hmm. I would have if I would have heard that fact at some point before the draft, he would have popped on my he would have popped on my screen. I would have been, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he's someone, you know, but of course I did. I didn't, you know you can't keep up with everything. I didn't realize that until after the, he was drafted. And then uh, that was mentioned. I went, Oh, geez. Yep. There it is. There, there, there was probably the one clue you could have taken like, Hey, they might be looking this direction. So, well, let's go ahead and finish this up here, Adam, with the quarterback situation. Yes. Yes. This is about the draft, but we have to finish up the quarterback. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, it, so, they bring in Teddy Bridgewater day before the draft. I, you know, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I like his story, how he came back from that horrific injury, but 
you got to know, even Patton, even though he's a Patton guy from Minnesota. Yep. You've got to know he's not the guy. I mean, let's look at the times he's even faced the Broncos. When he was the Vikings, he lost to the Broncos. Last year when he was the Panthers, he lost to the Broncos. You know, there's a certain thing. If, if you bring in someone that you've seen beat you plenty of times or the fan base has seen them beat you plenty of times, sure, let's give the guy a shot because we sure as heck couldn't beat him. That's not the case with Teddy Bridgewater. We've, we've beaten him enough times. He, he hasn't been able to figure out the Broncos. So clearly I see Bridgewater is competition for Locke to push Locke to take him to that next level. Basically, Patton said from day one when he got to the facility, Locke's the first one in, last one out. He's doing all the right things. He's become this guy that's unfazed. They brought in Bridgewater's competition, and he said once again Drew Locke was unfazed. I think I think the Teddy Bridgewater was a security move, but it was also to make sure that what Patton was seeing in Drew Locke stayed consistent and continued after they brought Bridgewater in. And I think if Bridgewater starts at any point in 2021, we know we're going quarterback the following year. There's there there will be no doubt in anyone's mind. I don't care where we pick. I don't care if we have the 20th pick, the 30th pick. We will be trading up to get a quarterback next year if Bridgewater takes over for Locke at any point. I think if Bridgewater takes over for Locke, we're going to be looking in the, the top tens for picks. Yeah. Because that, to me, would signify that we've almost decided to, to start tanking uh, or the season is just not going the way that we plan. Yeah. Uh, I do have to say I like Bridgewater. Um, yeah. I think he I think he's a stand-up player, really. I, I think that he can do well in a certain situation. He's had some bad luck here and there and also hasn't always been able to take advantage of his opportunities. True. What I see is Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, same caliber player. They're gotcha. going to be fine in most situations. Um, neither of them probably pro bowlers. Neither of them are going to be the person that you necessarily think of when you say, hey, that's my franchise quarterback. They'll get the job done. Uh, like you said, brought in as security. Teddy is going to be there just to light the fire under Drew Locke's behind and say, hey, we got a guy who can come in and replace you. He's a veteran. He's been around the block a little bit. He's had some experience. If you're not doing well and you're not doing the things that you need to be doing and making the decisions that you need to make, we can plug him in right away. So what you're it, telling what you're telling me is you don't feel there's any chance that Drew Locke proves everybody wrong that you know, last year was a fluke because of COVID, everything like that. And he doesn't show that he's the guy. Because what, what you're saying, what you what I'm hearing is regardless of what happens this year, if Bridgewater and Locke are the same level of quarterback, then we're picking a quarterback next year. That's my, yep, absolutely. Okay. I think Teddy's a one and done guy with the Broncos. And I think that Drew Locke is out of the NFL after next year, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong. I absolutely hope that I'm wrong 100%. Because yeah. I want to see the team do well. I just haven't quite seen enough. And Locke has a small sample size, right? He didn't get the benefit of, uh, of two full seasons. Um, yeah. We know he's working with Peyton Manning. And we know that he has the right attitude. Just not sure if he has the skills to su- succeed at his position. You know, so many people were so high on him. And it's just a mixed bag now. It's just, you know, it's, and you know me, I, I'm always the defender of the quarterback. 
you know, every quarterback the Broncos bring in is the next great guy until he doesn't work out. And I'm like, okay, but the next one's the great one. <laughs> all right. I mean, you know, anyone listening, this is what all, this is what Adam and everyone has to put up with, with me from year in and year out. All right. When Keenum came, you know, when, when Keenum came in, he was the guy, you know, Simeon was going to be the guy until he wasn't the guy. And, and, and so I, I, and I think part of the reason is, is I just don't like having inconsistency at that position. I, I, I miss when we know, hey, guess what? We got to work in all these other spots. Hey, but we got Elway in the spot. We got Peyton Manning in the spot. I'm still going to include Jake Plummer in that spot. When, when Mike Shanahan switched out Jake Plummer, that was the start of the downfall of the Shanahan era. And it's like, but to have that consistency in that position. So that's why I always keep hoping that, that who we bring in is going to prove everyone that I'm the guy. And I, and I still like Locke Swagger. I like his swagger. I like his attitude. And, and I just hope i just hope that what Patton is saying is reality and Locke takes that jump like a josh allen i'm with you i hope that it's the same situation i hope at the end of the year they're hoisting that lombardi trophy and i have to eat every word i just said hopefully it's the case i i would love the lombardi trophy next year i mean I, i'm the person that used to say I've gotten a little more realistic in my middle age years, but I used to be the person every year that said, Hey, we're going to the Super Bowl and we're winning it all this year. But I do like telling people, you know what? But I've been right three times. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That quarterback has been the guy at least three times. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, it'll be interesting. I look forward to seeing what else Patton's going to do. You know, Adam, you and my, you and me may be back on before training camp or the starting of the season. If something happens in June with Rodgers, you just never know. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a wild, wild West out there. The wild, wild AFC West, right? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. So to close this out, what would you give this draft grade initially? I like it. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going A minus. I really feel like those defensive pieces are going to be the ones that we need. I'm hopeful that Baron Browning goes ahead and plays his tail off for the Broncos and come and and becomes that franchise guy and, and is a mainstay in his position. Uh, Sertan, you know, that is going to be an impact player from day one. Uh, we got the gut. I, I am, I'm really excited to have a guy with that nickname on our offensive line. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, especially if you've seen his workouts, how he does like the lumberjack workouts, lifting water jugs, stuff like that. I mean, he is, <laughs> he is old school offensive lineman. I mean, he definitely fits. Uh, he, I de- he definitely fits in, I think, with what the attitude we want is want to be on the team. So absolutely. And it sounds like he is excited to be in Denver. He is yes. ready to be here. A uh, uh, big boy, big boy. And yes. best nickname in the NFL. If we can't get behind that, what else are we going to be able to get behind? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's stink all over again. It's Mark Schlereth. It's stink all over again. That's right. <laughs> I like, uh, you know, the thing I like out of this draft also is most of the guys that we went after big name schools, Yep. you know, football schools that have proven track records of producing NFL level talent. When I'm looking there, I see Auburn, Alabama, Ohio State, unfortunately, even though I hate to mention them. 
You know, we got <laughs> got guys from Texas, uh, all these these big name schools that are consistently good, consistently well-rounded. We got their guys and it's time to plug them into the Broncos and just see them excel. Yes. Yes. And I, and I have to mention something that's a little different with with the Ryan man here than with Adam. I, I, I'm not the biggest Ohio State fan, but, but I don't have a problem mentioning the school's name. So just just want to separate myself from Adam on that one. <laughs> That's right. We got to keep it politically correct, right? There you go. There you go. Show <laughs> love you know? to everybody because our MVP is going to come from Ohio State. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, and I think on this draft, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a little lower grade. I'm going to give it a B. And the only reason I'm giving it a B is I'm I'm excited about Sertain. I actually love the running back pick out of North Carolina. I'm just not sure. Once we got past the fourth round, they are basically, I will pass the third round because we didn't have a pick in the fourth round. But once we got past that third round, those later picks, I, I don't know if we should have changed things up a little bit with the offensive line and everything like that. And I think it's going to tell a lot how many of those people were truly brought in for the special teams area and, and who are going to be a big impact on that because our special team stunk last year. And well, it stunk for the last few years. So really, I think I'm going to probably weigh a lot more on the later picks than I have in previous drafts because some of those have got to hit for special teams and stay on the team. Yeah. So I, I so I still think it's solid. I think it's it's definitely I like I said, I like Patton's attitude. I like that they stuck to the board. Him and Fangio seem to have good chemistry, but that's why I'm going to give it a little lower to see. And, and, you know, maybe I'll change my mind down the road once I see what those later picks do. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the next big question then is, is this upcoming year going to be a better result than last year? Man, Broncos country is beyond impatient at this point. I, I, I think I think they've got to they've got to at least improve. They've got to at least get to 500, hopefully over 500. And I think it'll help to have fans back this year. I mean, let, let's be honest. Last year was a, last year was a joke. There was no home field advantage, and that's one thing about Mile High. You come to the thin air and you come to the fans, and it's a true home field advantage. And Vic Fangio was not shy about mentioning that last year. We don't have a home field advantage. Yeah, outside of the altitude, you're 100 percent right on there. Piping yep. in the sound is just not the same, no. and the atmosphere is just not the same. You're right. No, especially if it's that fake sound that Fox Sports had at the beginning of last year. That was terrible. I would take silence over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully that doesn't have to happen yes. this year. Hopefully there are fans allowed at all of the games. Why hasn't that been a podcast with some of the players out there go, hey, what was the worst fake sound last year? <laughs> right. Well, it was week three. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was another good one, Adam. Once again, Adam with Cromwell Sports joined the Rye Man. I appreciate you taking the time as always, Adam. And until next time, this is the Rye Man with Adam once again. And this is the Broncos Country Blitz. (laughs) 